Remember the good old days before Microsoft Word had autosave? You'd type up some important document and then your computer would freeze and you'd lose hours of work just because you forgot to hit save? Well, that's what it's like going online without ExpressVPN. Every time you're connected to an unencrypted network, whether it's in an airport, a hotel, a cafe, or anywhere, your online data is not secure. Any person on that same network who knows what they're doing can gain access to your personal data. Bank logins, credit card details, passwords, all the stuff you don't want people seeing. Unfortunately, hacking has become much easier than it used to be. People don't even have to be exceptionally skilled to do it, and there's a lot of money to be made by selling your information on the dark web. ExpressVPN stops hackers from stealing your data by creating a secure, encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet. It's incredibly easy to use. Once the app is running, you literally click one button to get protected. And it works on your phone, laptop, tablet, and more, so you can stay protected on the go. I've been using ExpressVPN for a little while now, and I can rest easy knowing my info is safe and secure. I've heard horror stories of people who've been hacked, and it sounds like a massive pain to try to get any resolution in the aftermath, so I am not interested in finding out what that process is like. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slashfilm, and you can get an extra three months free. expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily. This is Slash Film Editor-in-Chief Peter Serretta, and joining me at today's podcast is the host of the Slash Film Cast, David Chen. Hello. How's it going, Peter? Uh, it's going well. I just got back from Vegas for CinemaCon. This week is Star Wars Celebration, but uh, we, we also did the Hotel Apocalypse, uh, tried to get our hotels for Comic-Con, and uh, also uh, there was the big news. Disney was announcing their entire slate for w- what they were doing with the streaming service. So uh, I was on my way home, Dave, and you gave me a call and said, do you want to periscope about this? And uh, it, 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 actually, tomorrow, at the time we're recording this, we're recording this on Thursday night, and tomorrow is when the Star Wars Episode Nine trailer hits. So I didn't think we were going to have a chance to talk about this actually on the podcast. So we are actually broadcasting this on your Periscope, but we are also recording this to release it on the the Slash Film Daily podcast feed. Yeah, uh, and this is I think this is my first appearance on Slash Film Daily. It's not, you know, you've appeared on the Slash Filmcast a few times, but this is my first appearance on Slash Film Daily. So just want to say I enjoy the show. Great to be here, Peter. It's great to have you on, Dave, and we got to make this happen more often, although we, we do record during the day, and I do know you, you have a day job, which is a good segue, Dave, to a full disclosure here. My full disclosure is, uh, yeah, I am an employee at Amazon, uh, and even though I'm an employee at Amazon, my views are my own and, and do not represent those of my company. I don't speak for my company, uh, but it is good for people to know that I work at Amazon uh, before we talk about anything that might compete with Amazon in any way including uh, <laughs> Disney, or not, not even compete, compete, be a partner with, uh, be tangentially involved with, be intimately involved with, uh, which is basically, I don't know if you are aware, basically every single company uh, in the world. So uh, Disney is one of those companies, and they just unveiled Disney Plus today, their new video-on-demand service, highly anticipated. Were, and were you watching this investor's call as it went on? It wasn't did, a call. It was actually like a presentation live. Yeah, no, no. I wasn't. Uh, I didn't watch it, but I read all about it, and I was extremely intrigued by this thing um, because, as a consumer, uh, it seems like a pretty good deal. Let's run through some basics of Disney Plus. Uh, apparently, it's going to launch on November twelfth, twenty nineteen. My birthday, by the way. Happy birthday nice. to me. 
Happy birthday when that, you know, uh, for I'll get you a month of Disney Plus for your birthday, Peter. How about that? Um, And speaking of getting a month, the cost is uh, very affordable, uh, very affordable. $7 per month or $70 annually for a premium subscription, no ads. Uh, and so, so, so for the annual subscription, that ends up being like five fifty or something per month. Right. If you break it down. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. that's very affordable, Dave. I agree. So the the question, Peter, is what are people getting for this money? Right? What are they getting for the five fifty a month? Uh, what are some of the things that they're getting? Well, they're getting everything. They're getting the entire or most of the Disney library, as much as they can give us it, because there is some stuff that still is licensed elsewhere. And I, I'm, I'm assuming those things are going to end up coming to Disney Plus, uh, you know, at some point. Um, but, uh, OK, let, let's start with why don't we start talking about the shows? Because uh, actually, let, let me back up, Dave. We're going to back up here. Uh, so the entire Disney library, the entire vault is being opened. What that means is all the Pixar films, all the Walt Disney animated films, um, what we assume is most of the live action films, eventually all the Marvel films, the Star Wars films. Um, I think it's something like 75,000 episodes of TV that aired on uh, Disney Channel. Um, yeah, and, and kind of also really impressive is apparently uh, – the 300 plus episodes of Simpsons because Disney now owns Fox. Yeah. that's uh, I, Yeah. I mean, it's almost worth it just for that alone. You know, um, th- th- that is a total power move, by the way, uh, like acquiring <laughs> Fox and then boom, dropping Disney plus. And by the way, you can watch any episode of the Simpsons ever pretty much. Right. You know, the, uh, the only thing that's weird about this, Dave, is that this they showed off this UI for the service and it's split mm-hmm. up into five different categories Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars and National Geographic. Mm-hmm. And the weird thing is they don't have Fox here. So wh- where is the Simpsons going to fall in here? And right. also they showed that um while they were going through the tiles. This looks like a traditional tile interface as you'll see, you know, on Netflix yep. or any of that. Um we we saw like glimpses of like avatars on the system is that going to be considered a disney movie right right so um, it's, it's yeah, kind of we, we saw avatar yeah you know on the screen definitely one of the most culturally relevant films of all time <laughs> and i think it's it's interesting that uh that, that it, it definitely does show that fox stuff will be on here in some form or another right yeah and they so said it, the more adult stuff will probably be on hulu or other platforms right right which they also now own a huge chunk of right so yeah uh, okay, so th- that's kind of some of the back catalog stuff. You've alluded to some of the back catalog stuff that's going to be on there, but there's going to be a bunch of original shows as well. And, it's and by, really... by the way, Dave, for six ninety yeah. nine a month, if you were just getting the back catalog, deal and a half. Like I don't mean to, wait, I, wait, I don't. Say, say, sorry, can you repeat that? I didn't. I, for six for six dollars and ninety nine cents a month, if they were not providing any original exclusive programming. I still think that's the best streaming deal like out there. It's particularly a good deal for parents, I think, right? And people in the chat room are talking about how this is going to be a great deal for kids. Um, if you have kids, finding good, quality, safe kids content is a challenge. Uh, and I think, you know, if I was a parent, this would be like one of the first stops. This would be the first video services to take a bite out of my wallet 
is uh, this Disney Plus because what you know what better provider of kids content is there other than Disney maybe Sesame Street but you know what I mean like this is definitely up there so yeah, uh, yeah it, it is it is very very compelling uh, price point and also value proposition. Let's talk about some of the stuff that's going to be on it that's not back catalog stuff, right? So you're going to get your Marvel stuff. You're going to get uh, some of the Fox stuff. You're going to get, you know, hit movies like Avatar. Um, <laughs> but there's there's new shows that they unveiled as well, right? Yeah, let's let's first start off with Star Wars. There's the uh, season seven of the Clone Wars. This is an animated series that was beloved. And when Disney bought uh, Lucasfilm, basically it ended. It was it ended shortly, uh, like mm. abruptly. And they are basically giving it. This is not a show I watched, but I know a lot of people have a very emotional connection to this. So, uh, you know, you'll get those fans. The thing I'm particularly most interested in is the Mandalorian. This is a the first live action Star Wars TV series. This is produced by John Favreau. It has episodes directed by Dave Filoni, Deborah Chow, who uh, she was the one that did one of the best episodes of uh, Better Call Saul last season, mm. um, the one with the uh, split screen. And uh, Rick Fumiyama, um, Dalla- uh, Bryce Dallas Howard is making, I guess, her television directorial debut with us, and Taika Waititi is directing. So they are all directing episodes. There's a rumored $100 million budget for the season, and it, it, it follows – the 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 travels of a lone gunfighter in the outer reaches of the galaxy far far from uh the authority of the new republic this takes place between return of the jedi and force awakens so it has a lot to play with and i i feel like for star wars fans this is like a dream come true because you know you're, you're getting to follow like a mandalorian who's like you know the the, the race of people that boba boba fett was right so you're getting already Right. We've already talked about all the back catalog stuff. Then on top, Clone Wars Season 7 and The Mandalorian. Yeah. And season 7 uh, is available in year one. Mandalorian is available at launch. Right. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, – and, and what's interesting right, is to compare this, too, with the Apple TV Plus announcement that we just <laughs> saw like a few weeks ago, right? Because a variety of reasons, they're both – they both have the name Plus in them. Um, they're both presumably services that, you know – are going to feature brand new shows direct to consumer. And I think Bob Iger is actually uh, on Apple's board. Am I right about that? He, um, he was at least. I'm not sure if he yeah. still is. He, I think he is. Yeah. So, uh, but so there's not, we, we've talked about that slate. We did a Periscope and there was nothing on that slate that was really like high concept in any way. Well, you know, there, 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 there wasn't, there wasn't anything on that slate that was based on, decades old ip like the star wars and mandalorian right and then you also have by the way uh, that's the amazing thing if you look at this list i think there's probably only two or three things in this entire list of original shows and movies that is not based on something right right um so then cassian andor another uh series this so this was confirmed yeah diego luna's character in rogue one uh he's going to be reprising his role and also uh alan tudyk is going to reprise his role with k2so and this is executive produced by the guy that did the americans uh Mm. so Mm. this is going to be year two so this is a little bit out uh can we spoil can we spoil star wars rogue one let's spoil star wars rogue run right so (laughs) if you haven't if you haven't seen star Wars, star i don't know i can't say star wars rogue one 
easily. But if you can't stay, if you can't. By, you by the way, seen, Dave, before yeah. you say this, yeah, I am so happy they showed this logo for the Mandalorian. It yep. just says the Mandalorian. There's no a Star Wars story. There's no clunky mm. like subtitle that we got with like you know those standalone movies. And it, I, I mean, Rogue One, a Star Wars story, is the official title, Dave. Right. Wow. So, uh, okay. So you Rogue you were gonna One... spoil that movie? <laughs> uh, I was gonna spoil Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Uh, I have a feeling this mo- this show, Cassian Endor, takes place before the events of Rogue One. Do you think that's correct? Because yes. if I recall, if my memory of Rogue One is correct, uh, both Cassian Andor and K2SO uh, perished violently in that film. Yeah, they they do. And the cool <laughs> the cool part of this, Dave, is this is going to be a spy thriller set in mm. the world of Star Wars. So it's going to be a, a tale of espionage and daring missions. And that that sounds like we'll see a side to Star Wars that we've never seen before. Indeed, uh, I, I hope so. I hope so. So then we got some MCU stuff, right? Yeah. And, you know, top of the ticket, uh, I, I actually thought this was an Onion story when I saw it, but apparently there's a show called WandaVision. Is that right? Yeah, it's a bad n- name for a show. WandaVision, it sounds like uh, one of those, like, modes you could see a movie in, in, like, the, you know, 60s or whatever. Like, it's like, watch it in WandaVision, right? I mean, it's it's a pretty rough title. Yeah, Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany are both reprising their roles from the MCU. The the exciting thing here with these Marvel shows, Dave, and I I know you're friends with Patrick H. Willems, and uh, you've probably seen his fantastic video essay series on what he, you know, his problems with the MCU. And I think he he hits the problem uh, like dead on that these films are these big events. We're not getting to see the stuff that happens in between these events. In the comic books, they have a year in between these big events that we get to see how these characters deal with these big, epic changes in their lives. And I think these TV series are are actually going to get us, give us that kind of, you know, the the more low-key, like, us dealing with these people. The more low-key elements. (laughs) Of the show, okay, uh, um, but there, there isn't. Seriously, there is also a Loki show as well. Um, but yeah, I agree. I agree. It's the interstitial aspect. Like w- when you're seeing an Endgame or Infinity War or Civil War, like these characters live lifetimes between these movies, right? They, they live like so much happens to them between these films, and you only get a glimpse of it in in the films. And so these these shows kind of offer the opportunity to see them between those major events, those major life-altering, world-changing, world-ending events that happen in the movies themselves. So you got WandaVision, you got Loki, you got Falcon Winter Soldier, you got Hawkeye, uh, and... What what if is one that I was uh, particularly excited about? This is an animated show. This is actually a scoop that I broke and was confirmed on stage today by Kevin Feige. And these were comics that I used to love as a kid. These were what if comics were outside of the continuity and would show you possible stories that could have happened. So, Mm -hmm. But this is going to be set in the MCU. It's going to have... People from the MCU voicing the characters. It's going to be an animated form. He said the first episode asks, what if Peggy Carter had become a super soldier instead of Captain America? And Steve Rogers uh, is given an armored suit built built by Howard Stark. So it gives you basically fan fiction the show. Yeah, basically. There's a yeah. I mean, you know, hopefully it'll it'll be in the vein of like Logan, right? Which is kind of like a 
itself was kind of like an alternate universe version of that character uh, in some ways. I, I know it technically takes place in the same universe, but feels like the same kind of ethos. So what's exciting to me about this is that it's the same actors uh, from the films, right? It's not like... Yeah. Uh, it, it's... <laughs> Like, and, and Kevin Feige is producing this, unlike the other Marvel shows, which are produced right. by Jeff Loeb. And there's kind of a rivalry there. They're, they don't really get along. And they're even though Jeff Loeb always in every interview says it's all connected, it's not connected at all. Right. So a couple things in the chat room that are happening. Amin Malin is saying, like, it's like Elseworlds, right? I think that's a good comparison. Yeah. Um, but actually, uh, I think so, Marvel did it first, though. So it, actually, Elseworlds, I think, is like, what if? <laughs> so I think there's a there's a question in the chat too. Like, is is the Marvel Cinematic Universe going to become way more complicated to follow after at, after this point? Right? It's already pretty difficult to follow right now. Is it? Right? Uh, I feel like I, to I, see Infinity War, you just needed to see two other movies to really get the the gist of things. I I guess yeah, to get the gist of things, but not for like maximum impact. Well, um, Kevin Feige so. made this quote. He said, there will be both new and continuing stories. And one of the things we're most excited about is that these will be major storylines set in the MCU with ramifications that will be felt both in the Disney Plus shows we're producing and our features on the big screen. Uh, that, you know, I mean, it's just uh, it, it is just impressive. It, it's impressive what they like. <laughs> they're they built this entire marvel cinematic universe now they're extending it to this new streaming service they have and uh and uh, people are just going to follow along if they want to uh keep up with the storylines that are going on in the films like it, it's been very rare that we have seen a movie uh where you you had to watch something that happened on the tv show version of something set in that universe to, to understand the movie. Uh, the only one I can think of recently that falls into that category was solo, a star Wars story uh, where like there was a major character reveal in that film that if you weren't watching like this, the TV show, it would uh, be very difficult for you to understand what the significance of that was. You know what I'm talking about? No, I, I do know what you're talking about, but I, and, and that was confusing, I think to people, but I feel like <laughs> if that, animated series never happened that could also function as the way we learn that character do you know what i mean right, right. I, I, so I'm, I'm basically i'm curious like how integral are these tv shows going to be to the film cinematic universe my guess is slightly more integral than like agents of shield is right now right because if it's too much they're going to alienate people who are only going to turn out you know three times a year for marvel stuff and don't want to keep up with like 50 hours of content. Yeah, uh, but I, I, I feel who like knows? it's going to be felt, but like it's not going to be stuff that you need to know. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. like when uh, when Black Widow and Hawkeye are talking about like their old missions, like it, 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 in that movie, I feel like <laughs> right. like we'll see stuff like that. And like it'll be referenced, but it's not, you know, it, it could just very well be a line in the movie anyways that doesn't call to anything like it does now. Right. Right, right. And, and they also have these uh, interesting – they're doing these documentary series. They're doing a bunch of these. We'll talk about them uh, coming up. But uh, they're doing like a Marvel 616 and they're doing a Marvel Hero Project. And they're also doing one, which I forgot to list here, where they're going to talk about um, – they're going to um, talk about the props and the people that create like 
the the things within the Marvel and Star Wars universes. So you'll actually get to see some of the creative process that goes on. And these are going to be like documentary TV series. It's basically like all your dreams are being realized <laughs> yes. in Disney Plus, right, is what is happening. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah, you, you're mentioning all these documentary series. Uh, there's going to be kind of Disney-based shows as well, right? Yeah, there's uh, there's a whole Disney section. Like, there's like I, I know the whole thing is Disney, but you know what I mean. Like, um, so shows based on things like uh, there's going to be a Lady and the Tramp, quote unquote live action show. Is that right? Yeah. Did I get, did I that well, that, no, that that is a movie actually. That's a movie. Yeah. Sorry. Um, so let's get to the movies later. Let's talk about the shows really quick. Um, yeah. There is a High School Musical, the musical show, which is weird. It's uh, it takes place at the high school where the movies were filmed, and they're now arranging a stage production of the movies on in the show and it's about that stage production is kind of strange um Mm -hmm. mighty ducks they're trying to do a tv show version of the mighty ducks which i think is gonna be kind of like a legacy equal tv series so i guess in the vein of like cobra kai they're uh they're gonna cobra kai mighty ducks yeah um, there's a bunch of like there's a ink and paint show that is going to take a look about at the often overlooked female employees of Walt Disney's animation uh, studios. That's an eight episode documentary series. They have a bunch of like reality stuff. They're they're working on a new Muppets revival. There's um. I mean, this is how impressive the Disney slate is. Is they have a whole program of shows. That are just about the making of the Disney slate. <laughs> yeah, there's Into, you know what I mean? Into like, the Unknown, making Frozen 2, which is going to be a multi-episode documentary series. They'll take you into the making of Frozen 2, warts and all. They're promising that we'll see, like, the struggles of the creative process. We're going to see the warts. Is what yeah. you, we're going to see all the warts of the Frozen series. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, th- it, that, it, I obviously, as a diehard uh blu-ray fan and love listening to commentaries and watching all the special features this stuff is kind of like i love this kind of stuff right Uh, but even just the things that you've already named that's like an intimidating amount of content oh and i didn't even say dave the uh they're doing a walt disney imagineering uh documentary series which is like you know i love the theme parks and leslie i work what is imagineering for those who don't know what that is those are the the people that actually make the rides and lands in the disney theme parks and they've been around for over 65 years and leslie i works who is an academy award and emmy nominated director she did the pixar story if you've ever seen that doc um and it's very good. Uh, she's basically overseeing this, and she has a lot of never-before-seen footage and interviews. And it's going to – I don't know how long the series is, but I'm I'm super excited for that. So there's also The Sandlot, a reboot of the film. Um, yeah, with the original characters as the parents. Crazy, crazy. So, oh, man, it's, it's just like <laughs> – it, it is a it, whole it, set of it, like it goes really on and on. IP, right? Yeah, yeah, Pixar is doing Monsters at Work, which is a yeah. Monsters Inc. set TV series where J- John Goodman and Billy Crystal will be re- reprising their roles, but they're gonna be kind of be like side characters in the story. So it's kind of like a spinoff, and they're doing a bunch of short stuff. They're doing like Spark shorts, right. which have been released online, and Forky asks a question. Who's he's a character in uh, the new Toy Story four, but. The most surprising thing out of these announcements, Dave, uh, was a show on National Geographic. This is a show that I never – that I knew I, – I had no idea was being in development. And it's a show that I didn't 
possible I couldn't possibly know was ever going to exist and didn't possibly ever know that is a show that I needed in my life but it sounds like everything I need Dave it's mm-hmm. the world according to Jeff Goldblum mm. this is a series yeah. that's going to be available on day one and it's going to have Jeff Goldblum hosting as he pulls back uh, the curtain on a, a familiar object like speakers or ice cream and give a full behind the scenes story including history and more Basically, it is a show that sounds like it is genetically engineered to be shared on the Internet in memes and on Twitter and uh, TikTok and Snapchat and so on. Yes. Right? Uh, whatever the kids are using these days. So, yeah. And National Geographic uh, has a bunch of shows. I'm not sure National Geographic is going to be the like selling point for this service. Um, but they do have a, a docuseries called Magic of the Animal Kingdom which is going to take place in Disney's Animal Kingdom Park in Florida, which is kind of like a half theme park, half zoo. And it's going to kind of give it's going to be kind of like a uh, nature documentary set in that world and showing us the drama that goes on. All right. So that's a lot. We didn't name every single thing, but that was most of the things that are going to be out on Disney Plus. Yeah, I will will link the whole article in the show notes if you're listening to this in podcast form or you can just go to SlashFilm.com and find it. But we haven't even talked about movies, Dave. Mm. Uh, Take take us through some of the big high level movie announcements, uh, Peter. Well, there's a lot of remakes and sequels. There's the Three Men and the Baby remake that's in development. There's a Father of the Bride. There's a Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. There's a Parent Trap, another Parent Trap. Uh, how many remakes of that have they done at this point? At least three, right? And uh, Phineas and Ferb movie, a Six Track 3. I'm not sure who wants to see any of these, but um, they're making uh, them. Of those, I, I'm, I'm 100% serious. Of those, the one I am most excited about is Sister Act 3. I'm just... Wait, Why? Because Sister Act One and what do you mean? Why Sister Act One and Two were freaking amazing, Peter? All right, so I'm just uh, I'm laying down my claim that like that is going to be the best one out of all of those. How about you, Peter? What are you psyched about? Out of out of that bunch, uh, you know, I really had a lot of fun with Honey, I Shrunk the Kids when I was a, a kid, and I think the advancements in special effects could make that interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I mean, I, I think when, as I listen to you rattle off all these titles. And I've already said it, you know, several times, but like the thing I'm most impressed by is how deep that bench goes in terms of the IP, right? In terms of like the franchises that they have access to, right? Yeah. Uh, You got Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. You got the Sandlot. You got the entire Star Wars universe. You got things like Lady and the Tramp. There's so many things that they can pull from. And it, it just really kind of is in such a stark contrast to how the Apple presentation went. Like, as you're, as you're thinking, you know, I, I don't want to talk too much about the Apple one, but, like, as you're thinking about how the Apple one went versus this one, what are your overall reactions? I mean, this is all things that people actually want to see, and I, I feel like, <laughs> I don't know, I, I feel like every single one of these things is something that pe- someone might subscribe to a service for, where I don't feel like almost anything that Apple announced was a must see i mean i think what is really what really also comes to mind is how difficult it is to make a really amazing ip that people will turn out for right like it's just disney has been doing this for decades and apple has just uh they've kind of walked in uh, (laughs) you know and and kind of presented as though it is an innovation on par with the iphone and we'll see if they are correct about that um but, 
yeah, I, I think and we haven't which, even touched the tip of this IP thing because you know how they're remaking the animated movies as you know quote unquote live action movies with Lion right. and Aladdin coming up. They're doing a bunch of those for this service, which it seems crazy to me because it seems like they're missing out on money that could be spent at the box office. They're doing that Lady in the Tramp that you mentioned. Um, they're doing uh, also Peter Pan with David Lowry, mm. who did uh, Pete's Dragon. Great director. Yeah. Um, and uh, Old Man and the Gun, yeah. Yeah, and uh, Reese uh, Witherspoon is rumored to be playing Tinkerball, Tinkerbell in that. And they're also doing a Sword in the Stone remake, which that also sounds pretty cool because that— It, it is one of the best retellings of the Arthurian legend yeah. uh, ever, probably, at this point. So I think uh, looking on it, it is a really compelling package for $7 per month. Uh, I mean, and possibly less if you buy a whole year. And the the more I think about it, Peter, the more <laughs> I'm like, I wonder if uh, if Apple TV Plus is going to be free, you know, like or or because because can you imagine if Apple TV Plus like charged more than seven dollars a month? And like uh, if you have only seven dollars a month to put to something, are you going to choose this or Apple TV Plus? You know what I'm saying? Like. Um. Anyway, it, I, I know you're making commentary on the Apple announcements and stuff, but I I completely agree with you. I feel like there's, in comparison, to almost any anything like even this is just like their day one announcements. We don't even yeah, know. This is not even. <laughs> this they haven't even. They, there could be stuff they're not even telling us, or stuff that's in development that they haven't revealed yet. Right. Yeah. So. And, so, and some of these movies, by the way. Um, I don't want to list off all these because there's adaptations and there's originals. There's this original movie called Magic Camp, which is Mark Waters. Uh, he did, I think, Mean Girls or I could be wrong about that. Um, but he uh, did this movie called Magic Camp, which is based on this camp that actually exists where kids go to learn to be magicians. And this was a movie that stars Adam Devine. It has Jeffrey Tambor in it. Um and Jillian Jacobs. Uh, this was a movie that was supposed to hit theaters and is now going straight to this streaming platform. So there's a bunch of these things are actually like were developed as big screen movies. Yeah. I mean, it's impressive. It's impressive. So all that said, uh, any, any other thoughts on, on the reveal? Like the, how did you think of the actual show itself? You know, like, did you, was it impressive? Well, uh, it was it was more like I don't know it it's weird Dave because this was an investors conference this wasn't something that was that consumers were supposed to be watching so it was very money focused and they also like were showing clips that were blacked out online so we basically saw nothing that mm. the people in attendance were actually seeing um but their stage was impressive it seemed like they had run through it quite a few times and uh even though it was quite lengthy they you know it was just packed full of stuff and uh i don't know i'm what i'm wondering about this dave is how far the vault's gonna go like how much content are you gonna are you gonna have all the mickey mouse cartoons on here right are, are they actually gonna have song of the south the you know the quote-unquote band disney classic that hasn't been available for many years is that going to be available i'm gonna go out on a limb and say no on that one I, I i don't know that they're gonna maybe not on launch day is what i'll say about that yeah um like i don't know it just seems like there's so much to be had here like i feel like 
I I feel like I I sound like a Disney shill right now because this is just like, <laughs> but this is so overwhelming. Looking at these lists, we, like we had planned to read off all these and we can't even. You know, we've gone thirty minutes and we can't even, and it's just so I, overwhelming. I, I mean, I think just just even the launch day slate, it would take you months just to just to get through that, just to get through that. That's if they made nothing else new, right? Um, just like watching in the course of your daily life to get through this yeah. this launch. And, and by the way, at the the in their first year, they plan on having twenty five original um, series, I think. Yeah, and ten plus movies and specials, and that's in their first year alone. Well. It is a robust slate for sure, and it is a good value. You know, uh, I, I think one of the things that's a real challenge now is... Oh, and Dave, I, I hate yeah. to interrupt you here, but yeah. I know you are Mr. You want to see things in the best quality possible. They also said that this is going to be 4K, HDR, like, you know, the, the like, not... This isn't... You aren't getting... Like, you know, just an HD... Ver- like, you, you're getting the best possible version of this outside of having a Blu-ray. Yeah, I mean, give me that Dolby Vision is what I'm looking for. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it's a robust slate, and uh, it, it it's like at a price that's affordable. And I think for, for a lot of people, it, the question is about deciding which streaming services you're going to to use, right? Like, or you're going to get, because uh, I, I am a I personally am a cord cutter myself. Right. So like I stack a bunch of streaming services on top of each other. And it, there's always a question of like which ones are essential and which, which ones are not essential. Uh, and I feel like this one, obviously, I'm very partial to uh, Prime Video, you know, which uh, <laughs> which I think is is an amazing set of uh, benefits. But uh, and by the way, Prime Video does its share of IP based stuff i feel like i don't understand what apple's doing the only oh no yeah well in in any case uh i think whenever a new streaming service comes out and this is this is not the last one right i mean this is the third basically the third one in the last month that has been unveiled i mean criterion i'm thinking apple plus criterion channel and this i mean criterion channel technically was like announced like a few months ago but uh, and and this there's there's gonna be more right. Um, I think uh, it's been rumored that uh, Time Warner is gonna come out with one right. Yeah. Uh, and there's probably like one or two more on top of that. So it's like after all that, like there's gonna be so many of these streaming services, probably like a dozen major ones. You're gonna need to ask yourself like which ones are the ones you're gonna shell out uh, or shell out uh, several bucks a month for. And I feel like this made a really good argument that it should be one of them, right? Um, so anyway, an, an impressive, uh, uh, announcement slate, I think. Is, is there anything about this announcement, Dave? I, I feel like you're being too positive. You're usually like when I listened to the slash film cast, I, w- I was yeah. actually just out to dinner and we're, I was talking to two filmmaker friends who l- listen to the slash film cast and they're like, I love Davindra because he likes all the weird stuff. And I love Jeff because he's always positive, And I love D- Dave because he's always negative. <laughs> <laughs> or he's always critical. He's always highly yeah, yeah, critical yeah. of stuff. I, I feel like you're being way too positive about this. What 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 is the negative here? What what are we missing for a, neg- a negative angle here? 
Tough to say. I mean, um, technologically, it seems like apparently you can download them offline to, to view as well. Yeah. Um, so you could take it on I, your I iPad on a plane. Yeah, I, I, I don't know, man. Like, I, I, I am very skeptical in general. And like in the case, in this case, it's like they're at, the thing is they're asking for so little, right? Like if it was like $15 a month, I'd be like, ooh, maybe, I don't know, for like a bunch of shows that you might not watch. But for like seven dollars a month, seventy dollars a year, that's like, you know, uh, if I go go out for a nice dinner, that might be seventy dollars, right? Like that, that's like a year worth of uh, of Disney Plus. I mean, it it, it is tough to be. I, so I guess I would say uh, I, I'm curious, like the technological implementation and how how it'll go, like how how it will integrate into like Apple TV, for instance. Uh, or fire tv right well, like you could see a video of like the ui in this thing and actually if i had any negative it is that it just looks like every other thing it looks like the apple tv interface it looks like netflix with all those tiles nothing looks... i don't think they officially announced platforms though did they yeah they like, said it was they... going to basically be across most of the major platforms and they're actually also going globally with this too Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not sure if they specifically named devices, but they, they said basically if you have a device, you're going to be able to access this. And the other thing I wanted to mention is Bob Iger also said that they're going to have bundle deals. So if you subscribe to Hulu and you subscribe to like Disney Plus or even like ESPN Plus, that there'll be probably right. even a bundle deal to have them together that could even be, you know, more cost effective, which seems insane to me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, again, I'm trying to come up with the downsides here, and uh, it's pretty – okay, okay, I figured it out, Peter. Here is what I don't like. <laughs> I am sick and tired of these live-action remakes of uh, <laughs> of old animated films. Yeah, I'm with you there. Um, I mean, do we really need to see a realistic version of Simba's dad getting trampled to death? Do you know what I mean? I know what you mean, but that's um, only three films in the next three years planned for the service. With me? Is anyone with me here? Is this thing on? D Dave, <laughs> they, you know what? I know a lot of people that are with you with this. Like, a lot of the people in the film Twitter universe and the, the people that write for my staff are completely of your same mindset. But then during this presentation, Bob Iger said on stage that the Lion King trailer that they released last week is the number two highest viewed trailer that the company has ever released. And you know what the number one one is, Dave? Uh, Force Awakens? No, the first trailer for The Lion King. <laughs> so the t number two, the two top slots of all time for the company are this new Lion King. So, like, are Here's you... Here's what I have to say about The Lion King. Here's what I have to say about The Lion King. That is a, that is a film that has taken on new life. You know, I'm pretty sure there's an animated series of it. There's a mute. There's an award-winning musical of The Lion King, right? Yeah. Um. So, so uh, and and I will say when I watch that trailer, uh, I I think like this is an intellectually bankrupt film that I can't <laughs> wait to go see because that music, man, when that music comes on, it does something to me. I am under the spell of The Lion King because of that score, and every single trailer has hit that score super hard. Uh, and so I am still going to go see The Lion King. In fact, Peter, in my opinion, The Lion King is the only film this summer that has the potential to unseat Avengers Endgame 
as the number one film of the summer. I don't think it, I don't think it's going to, but it, like, I, I, I yeah, let, let, let's not show our hands too early okay, with okay, the summer okay. movie wager. Too late, too late. Yeah. Um, but anyway, all, all that said, uh, it, it, I am and I think you mentioned The Simpsons, right? You did. I did mention The Simpsons, and the first I, I could thirty myself... seasons are going to be available at day one. And I feel like that alone, Dave, I think some yeah. people would pay five bucks a month just for... I could see myself... You know, there's people who, like, Hulu gave a, a, a talk earlier this year about, um, you know, they got, like, they have uh, ER, right? Yeah. And uh, they were talking about how, like, thousands of people had, like, subscribed to Hulu and watched every episode of ER when ER hit Hulu, right? Yeah. And I feel like that's that's going to go even harder uh, in, when, like, The Simpsons hits Disney Plus. Is like people are going to get Disney Plus and just, like, watch all those early episodes of The Simpsons. I, mean, I, I actually look forward to reliving my childhood uh, <laughs> by watching all those episodes of Simpsons. I, I think there so, was even an article about Netflix and how third-party tracking services had found out that basically, like, the most watched thing on Netflix by far is, like, The Office – People just rewatching yeah. The Office and the, basically proposing that Netflix is so worried to get like that they're going to lose this this content that they don't own because that's what everybody everybody just has, you know, the shows that they love, you know, on repeat in the background. Yeah. By the way, here here's the uh, article. Thirty five thousand people watched all three hundred thirty one episodes of ER within two months after they went up on Hulu. Uh, so. By the way, I, mean, I think two of those people work for SlashFilm.com and are on this <laughs> this SlashFilm Daily podcast on a regular basis. Yeah, excellent, excellent. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm trying to find things I don't like about it, and I you don't know, right I, now. I found the angle, Dave. Give me the angle. Disney is a big evil, you know, corporation, and with this, they're gonna own everything. Mm. Right. Well, you're you're talking to someone who works at Amazon, so I don't have much sympathy <laughs> for that yeah. point of view. But I feel like that's the only angle you can kind of take with it. I don't know. I mean, you're you're more commenting on the Disney Fox merger than Disney Plus, right? Like, yeah. So well, I'm sorry. I, I, I will I, say I, this. I reject, I reject your complaint. I will say this. I wish they would add Fox as one of these. Um, you know, pillars, these sections, like they're sectioning off the service, almost like they section off the parks into different lands. And it makes no sense to me that this Fox stuff, like they're doing a Love, Simon uh, uh, television series um, based on that popular movie from last year that was from Fox 2000, which Disney um, basically got rid of after the merger. Um, so they, they got rid of them, but they're making this this show. Uh, I love the movie, by the way. Have you? Did you see Love, Simon? Uh, I have not seen uh, Love, Simon. Yeah, add that to your watch list, Dave. But it's great. But I would say that is probably one of my criticisms here is that Fox should be a section here because it's going to be weird to have, like, Avatar and the Love, Simon TV show in Disney. I think there is a big open question about what this new company is, right? The Disney with Fox underneath it. Um, Fox 2000 went away, as you said. What is the future of... Uh, like Fox Searchlight, what is the future of mid-budget, adult-targeted fare? Would this new Disney have ever made a film like The Shape of Water? Uh, that is a big open question for me, right? I, we just we just don't have enough information yet because yeah. we are like weeks into this thing. 
Um, and that so, said, Bob Iger said very positive things about Fox Searchlight. They're keeping Fox Searchlight around, and they're saying that they want them to run autonomously. Yeah, so I I think it's just uh, that is what I'm curious about. There's no, it's not even, it's not really a crit, it's not a criticism because I just don't know yet. Like, yeah. What is, what is the future of the medium budget adult uh, skewing movie at the new Disney? I I don't know yet, um, and I don't know that we got an answer to that question today, right? So, uh, another question so, I have, Dave, not to drag this on any further. But they announced that Captain Marvel will be on the service when it launches. And, you know, this is launching in in November. Like, is that the like, is this window getting smaller? Like, will this hurt DVD and Blu-ray sales even further? Because I feel like people are just going to wait. You know, they're going to have the service and they're going to be like, why? Why buy it or buy it on VOD? I'm I'm just going to wait the extra two months and it'll, it'll be on my Disney plus. Well, Captain Marvel's release date was what? Um, uh, it, it was well, not... I, th- I, I think they also said Avengers Endgame as well. I could be Avengers Endgame is going to be on the platform? Yeah. I, I so, might be wrong if it's at launch. Maybe. I don't know. I'd have to check that. Yeah. So... Um... What so that uh, that 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 is what May June July August September October so I guess that's like six months from the uh, opening. That is a completely normal period of time, yeah. like S, uh, streaming window, right? For uh, for a title to have. Um, so, uh, but I think you bring up a good point of like, are they going to take steps to shorten that window in the future? Um, but I, but I mean, but, not, I, but not even that, Dave. Would you end up buying something? Knowing that right. it's going to be on this service like two months later. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a really big question. Is like, uh, what's going to happen to DVD and Blu-ray sales of Captain Marvel? What's going to happen to uh, video on demand sales of, of movies like Captain Marvel? Uh, they're already pre-announcing that they're going to be on the platform. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I suspect that a lot of people buying Blu-rays though aren't uh, necessarily the most cost-conscious people these days. If I'm to speak from my own experience, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and I, I just mean that people who are buying Blu-rays, like they, they value the experience that a Blu-ray gives them and not, they're trying to get the cheapest price possible for, uh, for a specific home video product. Yeah. Actually, you know that, I mean? that is the one thing we don't know, Dave. We don't know, will these have audio commentaries? Will if I go into Avengers Infinity War, will I be able to watch like the making of and the, and the special features that I would get on a home video release? Yeah. Uh, agreed that we don't know that, um, but it seems very possible. So, yeah, yeah. Well, that's uh, most of the announcements <laughs> from the Disney Plus announced today, right? Yeah, it's uh, it's it's overwhelming. This seems like a very ambitious service, and I will be a day one subscriber for sure. Um, Dave, how many how many services, uh, streaming services, do you subscribe to? Well, as I mentioned, I, I got a rep for Prime Video, um, yeah. and uh, not only is it an amazing video on demand service, but it also or video online video service. It also comes with other amazing benefits, <laughs> uh, yeah, like like you get free shipping and such. Uh, but the uh, other things I well, I'm doing HBO now because I'm doing Castle Kings, yeah, and uh, I until very recently was doing Showtime channels through my Amazon Prime Video channels. 
And I also do uh, CBS All Access. Oh, wow. And, oh, for Twilight and, Zone? Uh, yes, for Twilight Zone. And uh, Hulu. And also, I'm sharing a YouTube TV account with a family member. And so between those subscriptions, it basically takes care of like everything I need. Um, how about you, Peter? Um, I I have most of those. I have Amazon. I have Hulu. I, I pay for Hulu Premium because I can't deal with seeing the same advertisement 10 times during a 30-minute comedy. And I, you know, I have YouTube Premium mainly because I want to skip the advertisements. I, I use YouTube every day, you know, many times a day and not even for their original content. And I also have HBO. Um, yeah. But I, I yeah, it, and it looks like I'm going to have this. I've been wondering about Criterion channel. I'm not sure if that's enough to get me. You know what's interesting to me about Criterion is that they have these like filmmakers, like they'll have like a 30 minute interview with Guillermo del Toro talking about all these films he loves. And then you get to see some of those films. Yeah. I mean, Criterion channel sounds amazing. I just, I just don't have time right now. Yeah. Like one day there will be time enough at last time enough at last. And I will be able to sit in, you know, mainline Criterion channel for a few hours a day. Um, but not yet, Peter, not yet. Um, I think we're probably going to cut this off soon, but D- Dave, I want to tell you, since you have YouTube Premium, watch yeah. the documentary it just hit called Boy Bancon. It's uh-huh. about Lou Pearlman. I highly recommend it. Okay, Boy Bancon. Yeah, right. it's about Lou Pearlman, the guy that started um, NSYNC and the Backstreet Boys, and uh, he basically was a con man. Huh. Yeah, he's uh, right. it's a it's a very interesting story, I think. All right. I will check that out. And it's one of those things that no one's ever going to see because it's a YouTube original. <laughs> uh, okay, what's the name again? Red? What The Boy Band Con, I think it's called. The Boy Band Con. Okay, yeah. I got that. <laughs> I got that completely. The Boy Band Con. Okay, yeah. the Lou Pearlman story. Yeah. I'll check that out. Cool. Okay, so that brings us to the end of today's Slash Film Daily. Uh, th- this has been a bonus episode. Usually this podcast is published five times a week, every weekday, but because of Celebration and this, we're having multiple, way more episodes. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google, Overcast, Spotify, all the popular podcast apps. Please feel free to send us your questions, comments, concerns to peter at slashfilm.com and head on over to our iTunes page. Give us a five-star review. Tell your friends. Spread the word. And we'll see you next time.